we're really, really happy to announce that um, that we are just signed a an ambassadorship program with Schedulicity. Schedulicity is a scheduling app, and um, they've been kind enough to uh, to help us out this next year. Yeah, they uh, we met them in L.A. when we did the uh, Salon Digital Summit, and they really believed in what we were doing mm-hmm. and how we were doing it, and so they wanted to know how they can partner up with us to. Uh, to even reach more listeners and, exactly. and give what we give. That's that's right. So um, with our uh, with our partnership with uh, Schedulicity, we will be able to reach more hairdressers and we'll be able to bring a lot more content and get to a lot more hair shows. So uh, hopefully, we can see you guys out there in the hair shows when we're there visiting. Yeah, and and they're going to give us a, some business tips uh, throughout the podcast as well. And I'm so excited that you know. We're partnering up with people that believe in the same things we believe in. Yeah, no doubt. That, that, that's pretty exciting. So uh, anyway, Schedulicity, once again, big shout out to you. And uh, thank you for joining your day off. <laughs> Silly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name's Courtney. Chris, my boy, Tony. What's up, Tony? What's up, brother? I'm excited for this one, man. Oh, man. Yeah, like. Yeah, totally. We got Gavin back, and uh, I mean, this dude—he's—he's he's dropping all kind of bombs. Knowledge man. And uh, today, uh, I know a lot of us who, uh, you know, either if you're in a salon as a commission stylist and you dreamt about o- opening up a salon, or you made your 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 kind of interim or intramural, you know, visit <laughs> to the salon suite, right. and your dreams always been uh, opening up a salon. Hey, this podcast is for you. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I know that like, uh, and I wonder if this is still true. I have to talk to Charles and Sharon about it. But like, I know like when when we left hair school, like everybody had two goals, right? One or two goals. And one was like to be a platform artist. And two was to uh, open up their own suite or uh, not their own suite. I apologize. Their own salon. So uh, with Gavin today, we're going to talk at least about one of those. And that's a you know, how to uh, how to start up your own salon or, or what a salon startup looks like and what you need to know. Yeah, so it's uh, today's uh, podcast is new uh, new salon startup. There we go, Mr. Gavin Salisbury. Welcome back to your day off, and uh, dude, this is going to be cool. Yeah, excited to be here. I love this part of the uh, of the industry. I love it when you. It's exciting. It's new. It's. I think people always are in a different mindset when they're. It's part of like the dreams coming to fruition, and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I think it's also the anxiety can be high. It can be scary. It can, you know, it's, it's all of that wrapped up into one and it's a new salon startup. So what I wanted to uh, spend a little time today talking to you about is just knowing the math. Um, think about you're building a foundation of a company and just like you'd build the foundation of a home, you probably want the footings to be correct. You probably want the plumbing to be all where it needs to be. You probably want, you know, all of the angles to be trued up and, you know, level and all that. 
and if you if you're able to do that, you know, when you do that, you hire an architect, you hire a contractor, you hire skilled laborers to, that are going to build this house. And I think the big why behind that is, I know you wouldn't want me building a house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It'd be jacked up. It, there'd be, uh, you know, tilted and holes and who knows, you know. And puff. <laughs> Blow your house down. <laughs> yeah. Don't turn on the gas. Right. Um, and I and I use that analogy because I think salons are are exactly the same. You know, when you when it comes down to it, you've got an opportunity to get that foundation correct, um, lay that space out right, price those services what they need to be, and um, there's a there's a lot of different moving parts to it. But if we just started out with, I think one of the most important things that always gets people um, big commitment is the lease start there at some point that's coming into the conversation. And I know you guys had Peter, one of my partners, Peter Mahoney on um, leasing for, for profit. So I'm not going to go into, you know, the depth of what Peter taught us on that podcast, but here's what I want you to know. Whatever your lease is, you need to generate at least seven times that amount every single month where you're not going to be very happy. You're going to have to feed that business. So let's just throw an example. 3,500, that might be too hard for my Monday morning math mind. (laughs) So $3,000, you're going to pay $3,000 for your commercial space. Seven times that is 21,000. We need to, before I sign that lease, I know if you or uh, one of the two of you, Corey or Tony, brought me this lease and were telling me all about your space and you're like, Oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. And here's where it's located. That would be one of my first questions is I'd say, how much are you paying in rent? And let's just say you say 3000, I'd say, okay, you need to do at least seven times that amount. That's 21,000 a month. Now, are you going to have some debt? Are you going to build it out? Many times you have to use a bank for that. You've got to do some kind of financing. So here's another golden nugget. The average salon that's built out today, this would be a brand new startup salon, it's $100 a square foot. Wow. That's, that's including build out and all. Or that's, that's, or that's, that's Hold on, hold on, hold on. So that's, you're talking about $100 a square foot. Is that after build out and stuff, is that what you're saying your monthly rent is going to be? Nope. So let's, let's keep using that 3,000 example, that bay. Let's say that bay is uh, 1,500 square feet. Uh-huh. In that 1,500 square feet, you're just getting a vanilla shell. Just, you know, there's sometimes gravel on the floor. Um, it's just a brand new, it maybe was an existing business that they've ripped all, all the fixtures out. It's, you've got a blank palette. It's $100 a square foot to design the salon. So on 1,500 square feet times 100, that's 150000 in order for me to turn the key and open the door for business, I know without a doubt I'm going to have 150000 into that. Um, now, that is equipment and computers and plumbing and painting and lighting and you know, color, stocking, restocking the color lab and the retail um, and on and on. Like, so it's soup to nuts, A to Z, turn the key, 
you're looking at $100 a square foot. And I also want to say this, just because I think it sets the, um, the edge, the training up or the, the information up better, is I'm also saying you're going to open up what I would call uh, an upper, uh, middle to upper income salon company. You know? Cause I could, we could do a whole nother podcast and I've actually heard some of, I, I always tell you guys, I binge your podcast, but I've heard on some of your other podcasts, you know, I got my salon open for 30,000. I got my salon open for 50. Awesome. Great job. Wonderful. But I'm talking from, you know, an A or a B location, which quickly an A location is in a high traffic foot center. You're going to be beside a Starbucks you're going to be with all the national players. You are the deal from day one. You're, you're, you're going into the big leagues. That's an A location. B location is out in the parking lot. Now they have out lots. Right. You might be, you're not in the center, but you're near the center. You're in the out lot. You're in the little side parcel that has some bays. You're maybe a, you're at the intersection on the other corner. Like, you're, you're not in the A game, but you're near right there across the street. C location is you're a couple of blocks away from that. And typically the building you're in is a little, um, you know, antiquated. It's an older building. Um, even like the parking lot, you know, this surface of the parking lot, it's, it's not going to be your fresh, clean, high-end center. It's more of a C location. And then your D location you're going to need one of those big spotlights that shine in the sky at night. <laughs> That's in my basement. To get <laughs> That's a D location. And so if I taught it this way, no way would you spend a hundred dollars a square foot on a D location. Right. Be, that wouldn't be smart. You'd be overbuilding it out. But when you're talking about A's and B locations um, and your, you know, Starbucks is two doors down, you want to be able to walk in and, for that very first day of business, I'm walking into on average a hundred dollar per square foot of build out and total, you know, salon startup costs. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. So, I mean, not, and again, not to kind of get into like leasing and maybe this doesn't fit into leasing, but you know, so you've, you've taken in 150,000, like what, and I assume that's like through a bank and stuff. How long are those terms usually for those? Yeah. So, uh, commercial loans typically are going to be five to 10 years. Um, I think more common five, um, tens probably, unless you have a really good relationship with a banker, they're going to want their money sooner than, than 10 years, five to seven. Um, if you do an SBA loan, I think there's seven years on an SBA loan. If I were going to borrow back to that 1500 square foot salon at a hundred dollars a square foot, that's $150,000. I can um, borrow money through an SBA, which is a, 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 it can be a very helpful government loan program. I would encourage anybody who is thinking of a salon, building out a salon, opening their first salon, um, look at that as a resource. And I believe all banks will have information on that program. But on that program, you, you just need to put down I know it can change a little bit, but I've actually done it myself um, for one of our investments. Um, I think they ask for 20% down. So 150,000, 20%, that's 30 grand. Um, you'd need to come to the table with 30. You'd finance the remaining 120. 
and you're going to pay that over probably a five-year period. So the last golden nugget, and then I'll pause, is I, I use the example of the 3000 a month for your rent, if that was the example. And then you're going to have a debt payment, assuming that you had to borrow some money. So on a debt payment, that's a monthly payment as well. If you take your monthly debt payment that you're going to pay every month for the next, let's just say, five years, and your rent payment, if you put those two together, you get one number, right? Yeah, sure. So in this example, 3000 in rent, and let's just say 1000 for debt. That 1000 bucks paying it for the next 60 months is going to wipe out your debt. So you'd have to add those two up. You'd have $4,000. You still need to do seven times that amount. So now your multiplier is 28000 I need to do at least $28,000 a month in that 1,500 square foot space or I'm not going to be, I'll be feeding it. I won't be able to pay myself from behind the chair. I'm going to have to rob Peter to pay Paul. Something's going to have to happen. Mm. Most people don't know that you guys, when they go into leases and I can tell you that and I could write a book on it. I walk in and oftentimes that salon owner has been in business six months to a year. They're struggling. They have no clue that $28,000 is, is their break even and they're doing 24. Now, Oh my God, you guys, I can get emotional and tell you different stories of how that can be a life life game changer. Because imagine you need to do 28,000, you're doing 24, you're only $4,000 away, which I don't want to discredit that that's not 4,000, but that's not a huge, in the name of a commission salon, that's not a huge uh, mountain to climb. But to that salon owner, they don't know 28 is the beginning of the freedom. They just know that they're not bringing in enough. And it's kind of like us in our lives, if we have $4,000 a month in expenses and we're only doing 3,800, we're broke as a joke. We're anxiety, the frustration, the financial just um, stress. But if we could bring in another $300, which isn't a massive amount of money, it crosses us into the break even. And so those numbers are critical. I would, I would literally say, do not sign a lease you don't know those numbers because in today's world it's leases keep increasing and which means those numbers I just gave you are going to be at play. And oftentimes they're going up to open a salon today costs more did five years ago than it did 10 years ago. So the sales goal is critical to knowing before you sign that lease. So, so as your lease goes up, you got to make sure that, your monthly goes sales well, yeah, has sales has to go up to to keep that seven seven times, uh, you know, accurate, right? Yeah. yeah, and and then I'll drop some more gold nuggets. I want you guys, if you're listening, that you know, making notes. I just hope this can be helpful. So whatever, and I, and it's a little math laden, and if you need help, we can help you with that. But I just want you to at least be aware that there really is real numbers out there. Um, whatever your cost per square foot is and how you figure that I have to get my phone out to do a quick one. Okay. Yeah. But if we just keep using that same example, three, $3,000 a month on 1500 square feet, 
So that means in a year's time, we're going to pay how much? 36,000, right? 3,000 every month for 12. We're going to pay $36,000 that first 12 months divide the annual rent, 36,000 divided by the square footage, 1500, our square foot cost per square foot cost 24 bucks. In that example, we have to carry an average ticket that's three times our square footage cost. Oh, so 75 bucks. 75 bucks. So the day bef- before, and this is where pricing comes into play. When I really know what I'm doing, then when I'm sitting creating my pricing menus and, you know, it's my, it's, it's where I'm headed. I need to make sure that no matter what I price those hair color, haircut services, it needs to be priced so that that $75 ticket average is intentional. That's so like, it, it was so arbitrary to me until that moment. Right. Right there. Right. It was just like, well, yeah, well, that's because that's what I could get. Right? right. But, but when you, when you open up, that's amazing. Right. And $75. And that's on, that's on that same example though. Right. Yeah. It's on the same. You know, you know what's crazy about that is that that 24,000, I mean, that 24 bucks, that seems like cheap rent too. Right. Yeah. You know, there's, um, it, it goes back to that ABCD. So uh, a D location, the ones that are just out, you can't find, you know, out in the middle of not and never, um, <laughs> that you're going to get into, sometimes owners will tell me that at a hair show, we'll be doing one-on-ones and they'll say, oh, I got a sweet deal on my lease. And I'm like, awesome. Tell me more about it. And they're like, I'm only paying $9 a square foot. Now, knowing what I know, I immediately sit back and I'm like, Oh, I don't say this out loud, but my mind's thinking, Oh no, how is this a really bad, you know, dilapidated old center? Mm-hmm. Cause $9 a square foot is not good. I mean, that's at that point, it, the landlord's desperate at that point. Yeah. And it's probably a really old center. That's just beat up and probably your demographic, the neighborhoods around it are not going to be, the upper high middle upper income bracket. So when you look at $24 a square foot in this example, that's probably going to come in more towards a, I'd say on the low end of a B location, um, upper end of a C location. When you get into a locations, a locations can be easily 35 to $45 a square foot. So when you take an a location and I'm right beside a Starbucks and I'm paying $30, $40 a square foot, I need to do three times my square footage. So now that average ticket needs to be 120 bucks. So do you see where people get in trouble when the salon owner calls and pretends to be a fictitious client and they're price shopping just to try to create their own price menu? And they imagine they're calling B's and C locations, getting their pricing and they're an A location. Uh Uh-oh. Uh, don't want to set my pricing on someone else's square footage, but we don't know what we don't know. We don't know. What we don't know. Uh, that, that's that's a, the truth. That's a big takeaway there too. But now we know, man, you know, three times your square footage. That's now, now. Okay. So back up uh, just a little bit, or I'm uh, just another question. So you did that off of the square footage. However, if I also have, you know, a thousand dollars or if I'm, you know, a thousand dollars a month in, in, in build out cost, does that number go up as well? Would it be three times that number as well? 
Well, there's a fast math. One of my mentors taught me that whatever you're borrowing, it's just quick math. Nowadays, you can go to a mortgage calculator, a commercial calculator online, plug in what you think you're going to borrow, and it'll immediately give you a monthly payment. But the old school math that I was taught is whatever you're going to borrow, um, 2% of that amount is your monthly payment. So if you're going to borrow 150000 to build your salon out, 2% of 150 is three grand. That's your monthly payment. Now that's going to get pretty close to that calculator. It might be a little high. Mm -hmm. So in our example, the 3000 rent, and if we are going to put in $150,000, a hundred per square foot, we're going to have um, more than likely 150 to $3,000 payment we're going to make for five years. So now we have our rent at 3000, our monthly payment for our debts, three grand, we're at 6,000 need to do seven times that amount. Mm-hmm. So that's 42,000. That's break even profits 10 times. Wow. So I need to do 60,000 in profit. Now I want to take it one more step. I don't want to lose the audience, but I just want to take that one more, how, how scientific it gets. Um, math doesn't lie. If I have a $3,000 rent payment, a $3,000 debt payment. I'm paying every month. I'm waking up to $6,000. I know you have other payments. People always, well, what about my products? What about my lighting, my utility costs, my front desk? Awesome. It's all assumed in this formula. $6,000 a month times seven is 42. That's your break even times 10 is your profit target. That's $60,000 a month. I can quickly tell you that the average chair in America does about $5,000 a month. If I, if I walked into any hair uh, salon company in America, the average chair generates five grand a month. So if I'm going to do 60,000 a month, how many chairs would I need as a minimum? 12, 12 chairs. So see how my design starts. I can, I literally back into the design so now with my architect, I could, I'd be saying, guy, dudes, I, like, I'm going to need at least 12 chairs. Now, if I double shift, I could say six. But that's putting too much pressure having to have every chair double shifted. I would, I would try to profit on one shift, so which would be 12 chairs generating 5,000. And then that second shift, if I did double shift, that's kind of putting me beyond that times 10 60,000 uh, a month revenue mark. Wow. Wow. That's right. That's amazing. So, I mean, basically you're coming down to, I mean, that's why more and more salons are open seven days a week too. Right. right. You know, even, even, even on those numbers, you know, you're only talking about, you know, $2,000 within that day. Yeah, but, I mean, it's like what? twelve fifty a week per chair. Yeah. 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 Seems doable. Although, you know, our area is a little bit weird because of how high rent it is, you know? Yeah. So, so that's so 12 chairs times five. Wow, dude. So then here's what I think it comes into play before you sign that lease is, um, and it gets more into the mentoring, um, is the psychology. Let's just pretend this is you, Corey. This is your, you're thinking of opening up this salon. You've got some, you haven't signed the lease yet but you're telling me now I know how much the space is going to be. I just got a a lease proposal. I'm already running some of the numbers like we are now that one of the things that I think is important is outside of the numbers, Corey, 
do you want to lead 12 hairstylists? Mm. Exactly. I mean, if you're asking me, no, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) And I can understand that, but I, I think that's always a missing element that once you understand the numbers and you can back into here, watch, we're going to keep playing with this. If I have to do 60,000 and that average ticket needed to be $75, 60,000 a month divided by $75, which is the average ticket of the client we're aiming for, mm-hmm. that would be 800 clients. So Corey, can you, do you want to manage 12 hairstylists and can this brand see 800 different human beings walking in every month? And that's a whole different conversation. Now we're getting into leadership. We're getting into, you know, management and operations and systems and accountability. And, and so, yeah, you need the numbers, but you also need to think of just that reality to drive that type of revenue in the door. Way to kill my dream. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I mean, it, is, it is though. I mean, it, there's so much more to it than that. You know, there's so much more. What? Just, 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 you know, you're right. I've always wanted to open up a salon, but I never thought about, do I want to manage 12 people? Right. Yeah. Do I want to be responsible to getting 800 clients into the, into the salon that month, Mm -hmm. every month. That's, you know what I mean? When you start putting those factors onto it, make sure it's something that you really want to do before you get, just, just get into it and just try to fulfill a dream, have the math and have the numbers, then, I mean, then, I mean, this opens up a whole nother conversation and maybe I'm going to take us down, but you know me, but I mean, like, like, even like, even if you're in a salon, you know, you've got like maybe two buddies that are going to go with you. Where do you find the other 10 without leeching everybody around you? You know, cause you also don't want to go and I wouldn't, Corey wouldn't, since you put it on me, Gavin, I wouldn't want to go into a town and then start leeching off of, you know, someone I might have to borrow some developer off of someday. You know what I mean? So, right. so like, how do you, how do you kind of build that? You know, these are all the questions that are in my head that, you know, I wouldn't, I, again, I mean, people leech people in this industry. That's what they do. But, you know, I just, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to have to build my business that way. Mm-hmm. Grow your own. I mean, that's rule probably number one, grow your own. I love, I was telling you about one of our, uh, one of my partners, he got to, and I, that's why I'm get fascinated with your podcast. I love hearing. Um, Robert Cromaine's talk about um, uh, Vidal Sassoon. Now, see, I love history. So when you get into that, I'm like driving through San Francisco, almost ready to pull the car over just to park, just to listen to some of that history. But I'll drop some history on you. One of my partners got to sit and have dinner with um, Vidal. And Vidal's secret of success, my partner asked him, what's the secret of success? Which is a giant question to ask Vidal Sassoon. And he said it like he does, really quietly, very softly. He said, keep young horses in your stables. Mm. That was Vidal's line back to my, my, one of my buddies. So grow your own. Keep young horses in your stables. If you're ever going to even dream, don't open up a commission salon. If your strategy is going to be to poach and recruit from other salons because that to me, the uh, it, it's you're, you're going to have to give away higher commissions to do it. You're going to, and you're creating a culture 
that I think is different than a culture that comes from cosmetology, trained by your top stylist, and then they're put onto the floor with kind of you've taught them the right way. They don't have the bad habits. Because I think when you get into the opposite where you're just recruiting and, and I don't want to say it's, it's, I don't want to make it seem like that's a bad thing, but I think it's just a thing that now that culture, if they came to you for higher commissions, more than likely they're going to go somewhere else for higher commissions. Whereas when they were grown in your culture from one of your lead stylists, without a doubt, there's a different reality to the attrition and the retention and the overall just good vibes of that culture. Right. But there's a big hole there, Gavin. I mean, you know, you, we're, we're saying that, you know, you have to bring in what is a 60 K or something, you know, you're not, you can't grow those people in year one, you know, that that's no. a long term goal. So like when you go to open your doors, you know, how, how do you, how do you mitigate, you know, that cost expense before you do have enough of a foundation to start growing people? Corey, that's an awesome question, man. Like awesome. Um, well, this is where, why it might be important to negotiate your lease. So you get six free months, you know, like that right there can give you a little bit of a, uh, breathing room. Um, so that those first six months you're not and three months is not uncommon. Six months, you better know how to negotiate a lease, <laughs> but if you can get six months of free rent, that's giving you a little more time runway time to get the sales growth going. Another thing is, and I say this with tongue in cheek is, um, also why we say to open up a salon is a hundred dollars a square foot is because we're assuming you'll have a cash reserve. Part of that hundred dollars a square foot is that when the day you open your doors, there's actually a cash reserve sitting in your account. Most salon owners, they pour everything they've got, whether it's the bank financing, the personal financing, the day they open their salon and they turn the key, if you were to walk up to that new owner that day and say, Corey, how much money you got in your bank account today? The, the business bank account. Mm-hmm. A lot of salon companies, they almost, they're, the failure's right there. They're opening the doors, but there's not a lot of um, cash reserve there. So again, that's going to give you a longer runway that you might have to burn through some of that cash before those sales um, get to the other side of the break even. And then I think the other thing is, is yeah, there's always a reality that, I mean, it's in a perfect world, the day we open, I've got my revenue, or I guess we're using you, Corey, your revenue, as well as, yes, there's probably going to be a few other stylists, we hope, that would come with you. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, um, and that's going to help. But usually that's not seven times your rent and debt. Could be if you, if you pull, you know, a bunch of people out of a salon or from a couple of different salons. But that was a whole nother session. Go try to recruit some people right now. Good luck with that. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, right. Because everybody and their brother is understaffed in our industry right now. So that's tricky right now. The sooner you can start that associate program and you can onboard a stylist um, within three to six months where they can be on that floor, generating revenue, beginning to build their book, that to me is, uh, you know, all of that's working at the same time. Look, he said, like, do you want to, like, you want to manage 12 people? Now you also have to, like, manage, like, a 
uh, a schooling system or some kind of like education thing too. Hey, life of a salon owner. You ain't kidding, you know. And the yeah. buck, the buck ends with you, right? Right. What's that saying? But, but I think you guys. I love that you've talked about it. The reality. I thought it was you, Corey, that said maybe it's taken six to eight extra hours a week being self-employed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think no matter what type of owner you are, it comes with its. What you're signing up for is more time. Um, sometimes I think, and you guys might laugh and agree that sometimes the best place to be in the beauty industry is just being employed. <laughs> yeah. If you in the right now, I'm assuming it's the right salon, right culture, good leadership. You're making a lot of, you know, you're earning a good living. You see potential and you can be empowered to maybe own a piece of the company or open up more locations. But, um, regardless whether you're self-employed or, or the salon owner of a commission salon, it's going to come with more time. It's, it's not cut out for sissies. <laughs> I think that's where we end it. <laughs> I know Mr. Gavin, once again, bombs dropped everywhere. Um, you know, hopefully if you listen to this podcast, if you're in your car, you know, and you're going to open a salon, you know, listen to it again at a desk so you can start writing down some numbers and running your numbers. And, um, uh, you know, certainly uh, Summit has um, always been a, uh, a great resource for, for salon owners, so make sure to reach out to them as well. But Mr. Gavin Salisbury, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Thank you. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>